Everybody, welcome to another edition of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of hip hop, the show of record stores, the early days of the Dallas cocktail scene. Today's guest is the beautiful, nuanced, lovely, gregarious Julian Pagan, aka Jules. I catch him, actually, you know, we hadn't even had a chance to talk about this. We chatted some months ago, and I'm finally getting to release what was a wonderful afternoon with Jules and Mate as well, which that interview will be surfacing shortly. But Jules has recently perhaps made the first shift out from behind the bar and is going to be working with the St. Germain team in North America. So there's some excitement there. We don't touch it on this conversation. That's some recent news, but we do touch on lots of other things. We touch on music. We touch on ass. We touch on gangster movies, lots of things. And there's even a little bit about Tony Romo for you Fans, they're in Dallas. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Julian Pagan. Yeah, the, mo- the Modern Museum of Art, they actually tense it up. You know that big structure that they have outside that usually it's like a giant like red uh, rod iron structure that they have outside, which mm-hmm. is super cool. Um, they actually tented around that, so it was in the middle of the dining room. Oh, okay. Yeah, not to not to name drop, but there were some celebrities there and stuff. Anybody was, that that we would drink together in disliking? How about that? In disliking? Yeah, there's a lot well, of celebrities. No, Tony Romo was there. So <laughs> oh, there you go. De- disliking. I yeah, there you go. I will definitely drink together in disliking. <laughs> My father-in-law. So, be sometimes. Like- sometimes. We actually got in trouble for that last night. <laughs> we're caught talking shit to Tony Romo. No, no, not talking shit to him. No, we were uh, we were supposed to not be serving because we were we were switching over the bar. Yeah, and uh, and and homie comes up to the bar. This is Romo comes. Wait, up does to the he bar. drink? I thought he didn't even like look at the sun hey, during dude, the day. I'm not going to be the one to call him out. Okay, <laughs> but I, I thought that no, was he said that was a delicious though. watering. May I have another? <laughs> oh yes, he is a wiener, dude. I got to tell you, like at least in my perspective, as a guy in Austin who can't get beat up in Dallas after a game because I'll be far oh, wow. far. No, I think, I, mean, I think he gets beat up around, enough around here. Yeah, good, good. As if, long if you, as if you, if you, if you listen to sports radio, I think that he gets beat up enough around. But I'm here. sure his wife drinks. It seems uh, like that would would work. And I'm not asking for an answer, but it seems like she'd have to to put up with his shit. He wasn't there with his wife, so I can't I can't speak to that either. Duly noted. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. Thanks How so are much you, Mike? for everyone. It's going good. I Sunday love morning. this champagne, and it's Sunday, which is also good. It's it's not even noon yet, so we're real pretty aristocrat. It's noon somewhere. It's noon somewhere. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of the nice thing is drinking champagne. I've been watching Mad Men with my wife now. She's rewatching it. I'm getting re pushed in they pull me back into Mad Men and, God, and it's this so is good. the perfect it's so good watching the show yeah you know like uh, the the one that I haven't gotten into that I need to and I know that it's just gonna cost me two or three months yes is like Breaking Bad really I I've n- I never I never got into it and, and it's like well, here, seven seasons and I feel like it's I feel like it's a journey that I just have to take on my own <laughs> just realize it gets pretty dark you might want to keep the shades up kind of thing Oh, do you like, do you like uh, violence oh, or shows? Do you think I'm going to get scared? 
Well, do you like violence at shows? Uh, yeah. Do you like retribution and vengeance? I mean, I like Game of Thrones, sure. Yeah. See, yeah. but without swords, so no swords, <laughs> no, no sword. costumes, <laughs> just dudes using their brains and killing to each fuck other. Fuck people up. Yeah. How's <laughs> that sound? It's pretty good. Uh, I'm in. Good. Fair enough. So yes, you're right. I'll take you back. Actually, if you just binge watch it like everybody else that I've ever met, that's that's my plan. But that but that means also that. Um, don't call me for an event. Like, <laughs> like leave me alone. Like, I don't want. I'm not picking up shifts this month. <laughs> but that's totally fair. Totally fair. Once you do it, you're going to see the dark annals of the human conscience and what they're really capable of doing in oh, the name oh, of see, money. I see that nightly, buddy. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very good, very good point. Well, how did the event go last night then? So you guys, you were not. You're supposed to not be serving. And it was a Belvedere event. I see a hell of a lot of Belvedere vodka on the ground over here. <laughs> I, I, either it's binging or that was part of the the whole deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it, it, it was it was kind of just a funny situation. Um, we we're, we're we're working with uh, with a uh, catering company, and, okay. and 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 one of the bartenders that they paired us up with. I think probably more than anything than uh, to keep an eye on us oh really <laughs> more, more than anything were you guys the magnificent seven shooting <laughs> up towns apparently and shit, we were doing everything wrong <laughs> apparently we were doing everything that we weren't supposed to be so um so we're not supposed to be serving we're flipping the bar over okay. to do some new drinks for the second round of drinks everybody goes into the dining room and we have the and we actually have these signs that say uh, you know please do not order cocktails this bar is closed right and you need to uh, you need to order cocktails from your cocktail server in the dining room. Everybody's in there, uh, and, and and what they're doing is having dinner. It's a five course dinner, a six course dinner, something like that. And they're trying to keep everybody in there so okay, that they gotcha. can so that they can so they can keep everybody for the auction. Okay. So they want as many people. And we're in talking there. like pretty like highfalutin, nice black trash, tie, black tie. Yeah, man. like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah like we're yeah we're getting down. Three thousand dollar uh, plate deal kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah, like thirty thousand dollar bids on auction items Good and shit God. like that. Yeah, and, and Romo walks out. He walks straight up to the bar and he is like. Man, I tell you what, that brown drink was really good. <laughs> and I'm like, which one were you having, dude? And he was that like, iced tea. A, yeah, he's like the one with no ice. And we're like, oh, okay, the Sazerac. Oh, nice. And yeah, so we made a Sazerac with Hennessy. It was a beautiful cocktail, yeah. actually. And uh, and he was like, what's that called again? I was like a Sazerac. And I'm sitting here talking. Like I'm sitting here. I never had the opportunity to talk anything but football with Romo. <laughs> yeah. And this dude's coming up to me and You're talk, the expert and talk, now. And, the tables no, have they, turned. Yeah, I know. Exa- no, exactly. Like, but I feel like he's a linebacker. Like, he's coming at me. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, I was like, the tables have turned there, That's too. A, yeah. so, uh, so anyway, so he, uh, so he comes up and he's, he's like, he's like, yeah, that drink was really nice. He's like, what's that called again? I was like, it's a Sazerac. He's like, man. That's a smooth ass drink. Can I get one more of those? And I got the signs all around me saying like, "Do not order drinks from this bar." And I got this homie next to me. It's <laughs> like, "Don't pour anybody drinks." And I'm like, "You're goddamn right. I'm pouring Romo a fucking Sazerac." <laughs> you gotta take some liberties in this world, of course, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when else are you gonna serve Romo a drink? Who I didn't even realize on the record drank anything. Well, also as well, and I'm not going on the record saying that he drank the drink. Oh, okay, he just ordered the drink. <laughs> Fair just, enough. He, and he knew it was good. He, he ordered it and told me how much. He he liked it, but I never saw him actually participate in actively it's his, drinking it's his the PR drink. PR person, like, hey Tony, just you got to tell the guys they're nice at the bar. Tell me you enjoyed the drink. It'll, no, mean, mean, it'll mean the world. It'll mean the world to them. Actually, I never even saw Romo that night. I just made that whole story up for it's Josh pretty good. because he, <laughs> because I knew that he needed a celebrity to like Hennessy. Oh come on! 
Because none of the other celebrities do. <laughs> I, yeah, right. Because they, they don't have Nas going for him right now. They don't have anybody else. There's nothing like, in songs yeah. that I yeah, keep we, hearing we about. Yeah, we needed to create a, a phantom celebrity My for parents it. know what Hennessy is, if that's any consolation. <laughs> yeah, I drink cognac. But so, you know, we were trying to kind of pinpoint this a second ago. And so, we're transients in the night, strangers in the night, and we didn't know exactly when we had first met each other. But let's just say we've known each other topically. For maybe a couple years, at least. I yeah, would but say. it's left a good impression. Like, man, you know, you know, Josh is calling you Jules, so you mind if I call you Jules? No, that's please do. That's that's what I go by. Cool. So I was like, well, you know, I hear the the rest of the guys. It's like this, you know, when there's a missing. Or, let's, let's even go back. You watch a mob movie, and the FBI is trying to catch them, and then they, there's always that wall in the office that's like all these people. I always, always want to be in the mob movie. I always want to be like Julian Pagan, like. AKA Jules, and I just like want to be like one of the one of those bosses, like, no, like one of those bosses that just like you know that has one of those cool names. But that's like <laughs> so. If you ever wonder, well, why me? Why the hell would anybody want to talk to me? And of course, everybody's war. Anybody like it's great to just dig in and get into the details. But I I don't literally have one of those walls. But in my head, I have this web. And so I talked to Josh last time I was in Dallas. I talked to Omar last time in Dallas. Both of the dudes mentioned you know, like. Oh yeah, well I've met Jules. I'm calling him Julian. Now we're on a little bit of a better, <laughs> a better platform. But no, hey, you know hey, we, hey, we don't use the word Jules around here. <laughs> well, I don't think it's being bugged. If I won't be able to take you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we have yet. any bugs in? Have we sweat for bugs yet? Uh, yeah, sure. Of course, of course, of course we sweat for, That's for the bugs. Fir- this is the first thing you do when you get here, right? <laughs> yeah. First thing on a podcast, you sweep for bugs because the bugs. fans are really interested in what I'm saying and what we're saying. But. It seems like you were a Dallas guy, firmly ingrained in the culture here of the cocktails. And yeah, dude. But are you a Texas guy? Are you? I, um, well, yeah. I mean, I claim Texas for sure. Um, as they say in Texas, I got here as fast as I could. Sure. I'm, I may not be a Texan, but I got here as fast as where I could. Were, so where were you born? Now? I mean, originally I Oklahoma City. I came oh, okay. up in Oklahoma City. Not uh, too far. Like, yeah, I was down there until I was like nine years old, something like that. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. I I, I traveled to Oklahoma quite a bit. And interestingly enough, they actually have um, a pretty awesome kind of scene going up there, yeah, especially especially Oklahoma City, um, Tulsa as well. Uh, and, and it's interesting to see that kind of follow this, mm-hmm. kind of as my trajectory did the exactly same thing. Yeah. So I well, mean, so, for me, so, nine, so you're talking nine years old. You have any brothers or sisters? You I know? have. Yeah, I do. I do. I have. Uh, I have a little brother that's a couple years younger than me. Okay. And then I have another one that is 15 years younger than wow. me. Yeah. So, so, so are we talking like the no? But total- this is this is crazy. The crazy thing is like the younger brother is uh, just about to go into graduate school. Holy shit! In college, and how does that make you feel age wise? You're I saying mean, he's 15 years younger? Yeah, he's 15 years how younger are you? than me. Because I'm, I'm, I think I'm older I'm, than you. I'm 30. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be 35 this year. Good. So I'm older. So now I can okay. ask oh, you. Oh, oh, as long yeah, as yeah. I'm older, I can yeah, so ask. Give, and so if give I'm me younger, the wisdom, buddy. So give me the wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> year and a half that I've got. Well, I'll tell you this. Don't invest. Hey, hey, man, I'll take <laughs> it. You know what I mean? 401k, dude. Hey, man, I'm I'm smarter now than I was a year and a half ago. Let's go. So I will definitely take any any sort of advice. I've got no knowledge. Perhaps we will enlighten each other. You know, across the board here. Enlighten each other, which is good. I hope that this is a conversation of enlightenment. See, radio <laughs> voice right there, right there. I like that. Well, so nine nine years old, so you've got because fifteen. I mean, I got to dig in a little bit. So, yeah, nuclear family at that point, like mom and dad are together. Mom and dad are together. Thing. I mean, oh, basically, I mean, I'll give you the backstory. Essentially, yeah. um, I grew up 
in my younger years, uh, my dad ran a record store back when those were things. No shit. Yeah. So, like kind of a, a cool one? Uh, yeah, kind of a cool one, kind of the cool one in Oklahoma City. He had a place called uh, Rainbow Records up there, mm-hmm. and he was the manager. There was We had three Rainbow Records up there. Um, a, a, a falling apart business deal and a little bit of financial luck brought yeah. us to Dallas. It was something that we were looking at for the company that he was working for up there. Everything fell apart, and so Dad said, "Fuck it, we've already got this lease. We're opening up a store here." And so, for me, in Dallas proper, yeah, Dallas proper. It was at uh, Lovers and Greenville, and we opened up a store called Pagan Rhythms. Oh, cool! Which was really interesting because for me, I got a chance to kind of grow up in the record store culture when there was such a thing. When there's a physical, tangible thing, uh, you got to yeah, smell. I mean, like you would call it Starbucks now, yeah, for because sure, because people hang out at coffee shops or whatever. But when I was growing up, uh, people hung out in record stores. That was the physical center. That was where you go to get your music. That was where you go to get your style. That's where you go to get your drugs. That's where you go to meet new people. And like the record store back then was the hangout for sure and that's what we did is we hung out in record stores was your so, dad like a mute was he a guy that played music was he no in just very passionate not not no musical talent whatsoever and he'll, t- <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell you that but hell if he can't no, form but, a good but a, hell, but a hell of an ear it was more like baseball cards for him it was more like um like knowing albums knowing songs knowing uh, what was rare, what yeah. was not, and and so he he's like, very much like I said, like baseball cards, yeah. like trading baseball cards. Aficionado. That's how that's how yeah, aficionado. That's how that's how his view for um, vinyl was. Interesting. So he started out selling records out of the back of his car, and so that's kind of how that, that whole that, yeah, that's kind of how that whole can, did, thing did, came about. You know, for me, it was my mom and her vinyls and her kind of the, right. I'm pretty sure now. I love Phil Collins, and I'll defend him till I die. But I realized that a lot of that Phil Collins stuff came trickling down from my mom. Genesis, baby. Fucking right, Genesis. Yes, absolutely. Mike and Mechanics, even, if you talk about it. Well, my, my, dad, my dad would hate to hear me say this, but I actually like, <laughs> I actually prefer Phil Collins' later work. Yes. Just, oh, yes. Because everybody's like, yeah, but, you know, Genesis was only good with Peter Gabriel. Like, sure, as oh, a rock I got, opera. I got a Peter Gabriel one for you. So, um, so I'm, I'm about 12 years old. We're living in Dallas. And... For, like first girlfriend or whatever, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and so he's get he he scores he scored some tickets as he always did. He yeah, had tickets to everything. Like he went to every show. That was his thing. Did you usually go with him too? Uh, a lot I did, but I was young. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. So I didn't well, go to I didn't go to like mom said you can't go see the Chili Peppers, and dad was like <laughs> I'm taking him to see the Chili Peppers. Nice. Like that was when socks on the dick and like that whole thing, amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, blood sugar, sex magic, and all that shit was going on. The anyway. Hype. Yeah, so so Gabriel's playing in Dallas. He's uh he's playing at uh I don't know, whatever I think Texas Stadium or something like that. Mm. And uh and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to go and he's like, I really want to take you, son. Um I was like, ah, I think I just want to hang out with my new girlfriend. I'm twelve. <laughs> <laughs> See the lady the the lady yeah, killing yeah. ability. And, he, and he was like he was like, No, you're going and I was I was mad at him. 
And then I saw Gabriel, and I was like, "Thank you so much!" <laughs> like, thank I you. Get, for saying. I get it now. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Th- yeah, I get it now. <laughs> That's because cool, we're talking because you're you're a little bit younger, so maybe early mid nineties then when Gabriel. Uh, was yeah, yeah, very much early mid nineties, and that was not his hot spot. No, for sure, he was getting a little esoteric, but still he put out was good stuff. Fucking though. phenomenal! Like, yeah, he played he played all the classic stuff, and and and. I mean, with Gabriel, it's all about the it's all about the show. Sure. Oh, you know? always I mean, was. That, yeah. Even with Genesis, so, like, right? He, yeah. So he was on, he was on this giant escalator sort of thing. He was in a phone booth that was like that, that had this plug that came out, and he was like on an escalator from this phone booth. And, oh like, man, singing all it was it was it was, it was pretty incredible experience. Yeah. It was, Do you, it was so th- that seems like a pretty cool dynamic. Dad's working at a record store. Obviously, just de facto, he gets all those tickets. Yes. You get to see a lot of bands. Yes, absolutely. I mean, was your mom into music too? Uh, mom was mom was a homebody. I mean, mom was mom was very much mom. Yeah. Uh, she was very much there with the younger brother and doing the mom thing. I was homeschooled. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, what did, was it, whose choice was that? <clears throat> but folks collectively, it seems like your dad being like a cultural dude who's got a lot of different influences in music, especially like probably a mom thing or mom was so <clears throat> passionate about us yeah she was like i'm not gonna let somebody else teach my kids you know what i mean yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it was very much one of those sort of things which i mean uh blessing and a curse seventh grade i went into uh, public school and that was one of the best things at the best time for me that ever happened mm-hmm. because that began that began kind of the socialization right uh, so you're probably it, so pretty it, smart already. Your mom makes sure you're really it, well. It was an interesting diet, dynamic you know? because I had I had the record store socialization kind of going yeah. on, but then you know at seventh grade to get thrown into uh, school with a bunch of people that have been going to school together for four, five, six, seven years. Yeah, you, you know, get that, that camaraderie that are, yeah, already. Well, you, I mean, you, I mean, you just adapt. You know what I mean? Like you just like you come in and you figure out you figure out how to make friends, and that, it, it was good. It was a great thing for me. So I had that record store kind of background and stuff. It was it was pretty easy. Yeah. And at that point, I fell in with cool kids. <laughs> cool kids, like skater kids, punk oh, yeah, kids. Sk- yeah, like, skater yeah. kids, punk kids. Yeah, I was yeah, I had a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you had yeah, that spiky which hair, I don't, or which I don't right? come by naturally, but I ado- I adopted it pretty 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 easily. <laughs> was this funny? Like, was there ever a moment where? And this is pretty specific, but was there a band that you kind of got into and your dad's like, yeah, dude, you can't listen to that. I'm sure uh, he would. No, 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 never, never, never. He's no. probably open to it all. No, right? I mean, no, no. Not, dad was always about like, yeah, like, like he was like, I don't get it. Like, he was like, <laughs> but that isn't like, what's make... up with you and Wu-Tang? <laughs> I was like, I, you wouldn't. Jizzo? Is that what I, I, I think I it like, is, I was Jules? like, you, you wouldn't understand, dad. <laughs> which, was kind of a, which was kind of a marquee moment for me. To be able to like be cooler than him and and be more more in the like know. On that. yeah more in the know than he was. I was like, Dad, you wouldn't understand. He's like, Why are your pants sagging down below your ass? And I was like, It's the nineties, Dad. Here, here's understand. some Dan Fogelberg. Why don't you straighten yourself out, Joel? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so seventh grade, looking pretty good. You, you, God, I hate to use the word, but assimilate pretty good. Get, get yeah, friends, no, find no, some good groups. No, absolutely. Uh, pretty popular through high school. Uh, what kind of stuff were you doing socially in high school? Uh, Going to shows, playing in bands, anything like that? Nah, you know what? I never I never really got into the music game more than just having bang in my trunk and yeah. just rolling around and just being kind of like the cool guy with the cool music and the loud trunk. and 64 you know, and, and, I, and I knew all the drug dealers. So, yeah. we just, <laughs> we, we, so we had fun, you know yeah. what I mean? 
Um, yeah. Was it was school something that you took seriously? Never, never really interested in it. Um, did college for three or four years. Where did that, where'd you end up going? Community stuff. Yeah, Dallas community? Yeah, Dallas community. I, I mean, I enjoyed the classes. Um, just never just never really took hold. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right fit at the right time. Yeah. And so for me, I had to, I had to really figure out something that, um, that really kind of struck my interest. And, and all, it, all it was for me was food. Food and wine. What, I, so, I always wanted to be a chef. So where does that start? So your dad's in mu- now. There's all dad's, f- in, dad's in music, and this kid is like going and like he's like you know super interested in restaurants, which is a weird thing. No you kidding. Know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but you know it's funny. Do you, I think we could agree that if you look at arts, just the arts in general, right? Yeah. So you got painting. Painting is pretty close to food because it's a mat. Ma- you're managing colors. You're combining flavors and things. And then you talk about what is this nice burgeoning cocktail movement? Yeah, it's all kind of the same, man. Cocktails are music. I say that before. Dude, I take I take it back to what I did last night. You know, where I mean, we're hanging out at the DMA, the Museum of Arts. Yeah. And I'm looking around at the art and stuff like that, and I'm kind of like, you know, makes sense that they would have us here. Yeah, for sure. Well, is it? It's no big surprised that most of the people that we we know in this industry come from the arts man yeah. they're playwrights musicians tour tour managers art you know it's not it's not it's not that big of a leap to take no. to take uh art to food and i don't I, and i'm certainly not gonna sit here and claim that i'm the first one to take that leap because that's ridiculous <laughs> no both but, of us no, are older think, than I, you I think, no but i think i think that you take it from arts to food but i think you also take it from arts to spirits as well oh sure it's you all because spirits are food, no matter right. what you say. Food's right. culture. Food is one of the last vestiges of culture that you have. Spirits to Spirits are culture with. as well. Absolutely. I mean, you can. Uh, we were watching a like we were watching a documentary on sake last night. Oh yeah. And like and and the culture that goes to that and and you know kind of like the Japanese way of doing things that meticulousness and that uh, the the joy that joy of doing the exact same thing the repetitiveness over and over over yeah. and over again like geo dreams and sushi like, same thing well yeah I mean you could I mean you can almost take that to a religion point of view you know what I mean like a lot sure. of people oh, do I yeah. I don't necessarily but you can take it to that sort of uh, medi- meditative sort yeah. of state well it's weird because I think you're right I think as as having just got back from a Catholic wedding yesterday which bored the <laughs> shit out of me just every just it did it bored the Congra- shit out of me congratulations I guess. <laughs> uh, not my wedding thank God mine was a little bit more secular and enjoyable and pizza filled and hurricane punch which is also quite good but i love, her, I love hurricane punch hurricane punch is fucking insanely good to, to have 20 to 25 peoples consume almost seven gallons of punch high proof punch i was so proud to be friends with all those people <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> it was when, wonderful dude, but that's, dude, that's when you know you're winning at a wedding yeah you know for I mean? sure right you're drinking more than me okay that, <laughs> way more than me it was brilliant that's any event by the way <laughs> that's good well i'm glad to know that there's a standard uh, standard <laughs> ratio in science <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I think you're right. Like you talk about, Japanese are great instance of this. A great example that that's how the that's why the whiskey is so controlled and so tight every time. Very consistent. Everything is very meticulous. Yeah. Uh, but I, think I mean, j- like water source. I mean, when you talk about sake, you talk about the the the, the amount, the millimeters of grain yeah. on the mill of the rice. Absolutely. Before they distill it, I mean, that if that's not. If that's not generations of expertise, I don't know what is. Right. And if that's not meticulousness, I don't know what is. And I mean, does that sound interesting to me? In a sense, yes, it does. But in a sense, it also sounds like I want to pull my fucking hair out. <laughs> thank God, thank God, they do it. And I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody. I think you're right. I just, I, just, I, just get a, I just get a chance to be the critic and just appreciate it. Right. And that's the beautiful thing. Well, so it. think about it like this: like, there's the execution. Sorry, this is so oh no, no You have you have a, an amazingly. Operatic and symphonic. Yeah, I'm gonna go there. ahead and take this if you don't mind. Oh come <laughs> on! No, no, no. But uh, for everybody that's a doer, 
there has to be a thinker. And I'm not saying there's not thinking that goes into it, but doing the process over and over again. But what's it going to look like? What's the bottom? Well, yeah, but I mean, like I feel like I'm a little bit of a cheater because I get to take all of these great products that yeah. people put their passion and their life into. And I get to do abysmal things to them and fucking put peach <laughs> syrup and fucking Amaro in them and present it you to somebody else. You sully their brilliance. I, I know, I totally do. With and, your and, dirtiness. And, and, I lo- and I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. It so, is. Though. But you talk about your dad. Was So did he go to school for food? Because if I understand correctly, you're saying he also developed a real passion for food? Uh, no, I mean, he can, he comes from a restaurant background. But honestly, oh, really? Yeah, but honestly, as long as I can remember... I mean, aside from my first, the the first sip of wine, which was my first alcoholic experience Mm. with him, probably when I was like eight or nine years old, and he did not condone it. It was a friend of his, like your kid, trying. Amazing, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but aside from that, I mean, I I know my dad is mostly sober. Yeah. So he's an alcoholic, and he's uh, you know a big AA proponent. How long now has he been clean? Oh gosh, I mean, we're talking like. 40 years Since or something. Yeah, okay. yeah, 30 years or something like that. So, so yeah, maybe so. food becomes the kind of offshoot of that. Oh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly did for me. I mean, I just, I fell, I fell into that passion for food and wine. And, and like I said, like going back to, I always wanted to be a chef, but I, for me, when I started working in restaurants, chefs were never happy. Mm-mm. And... I would hang out with chefs because I kind of related to them in a sense. Were you like, also kind of like vicariously living like, through like a, a tortured soul sort of thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you know they like you know they all wanted to be guitar like lead guitarists. And they're not, <laughs> but then you know they'd be lead guitarists. Like God, if they I had could a only passion be a in something and they found something that they were good at, was that the and thing I, that you admire? I've always kind of connected with that, yeah. you know. And I always and I, like for me, I always wanted to be a chef. But their just quality of life was never good. Mm. You know, like you go to a chef's house and they've got like a three-day-old pizza in there, a block of cheese and a half a bottle of Riesling, and that's right. all that's in the fridge. But I love to cook, you know. And so I did. And so I, I made a decision early on that I just uh, – I didn't want to – I, I didn't want to give that to the industry. I was giving everything else to the industry. I was giving my hours. I was giving my life. How, how old are we talking now? I mean, we're talking we're talking early twenties okay. when I decided to really started get well, maybe mid twenties when I was really starting to get into the bar game. Right. And really, what it was was chefs were miserable, mm-hmm. but I still wanted to play with food. Got it. And so this gave me an outlet where I could. Bartending gave me an outlet where I could make a lot more money, mm-hmm. have a lot better quality of life. Good balance. I got a lot more ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not too miserable. It's attractive, yeah. Right? Well, also like I'm out front. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean. So I'm 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 you know. In, you're basically it, the lead singer. The lead singer, right? Exa- exa- exactly. Yeah. Guitar. So I skipped guitar <laughs> and just went straight to lead singer. Yeah. Exactly. Which is fine. With totally yeah. good method. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. career building right there. <laughs> yeah. Shit. I, t- I took the Phil Collins route. <laughs> but Phil, man, he's been divorced like four times. Hey, now. man, that's People cool. People hate so, on him. So have I, buddy. <laughs> You've been divorced too? No, but I know. I, 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 like uh, I, I, f- I feel like I spiritually. <laughs> spiritually divorced. Sp- speaking of spiritually. Yes. I felt connected with the universe and then it fucked me. Divorce number one. So what was kind of like that first gig that you would say you really started to take cocktail stuff or hospitality Seriously, uh, I mean, I had I had a couple of aha moments. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, I I met a girl here, and I I had been waiting tables for a little while because I thought that was the way to kind of get in or right. whatever. And it, uh, like oh, any- it, it, kept, it kept me connected with food. Sure. And I was waiting tables at high end places that are like you know the pre shift is like 
what all like give me the ten ingredients that actually go into this cauliflower puree yeah. that we're serving with the halibut. You know what I mean? So it right. was like it was like that. Like we were into food. So it peaked your your. It, it always had to keep no, you on your toes. And also, yeah. I got a chance to get into wine at that point, mm-hmm. which was really cool for me. And it was like uh, you know the parents weren't drinking really at that point, and right. it was like this cool thing that I could just get off into. Well, it's good because it's food too, but it's the perfect segue, really. No, I, no, absolutely, it is. And for me, that was this perfect segue into booze. Yeah. But, um, but to answer your question, I like I went, I went up to Pittsburgh. Uh, I met a, I met a girl. Uh, you met her in Dallas. In Dallas, okay. And she wanted, she wasn't doing shit, and so she wanted to, uh, to go get her masters. And okay. What was? Would you? Was she a she, coworker or? No, she no no. She was here. She was here. I don't know. We met. Uh, what, that's less important. It, it was more. It was more. It was more. Met a girl and moved to Pittsburgh. Got it. And the guy and the guys up there were um, were actually a little bit more progressive than we were down here in Dallas at the time. We're talking about seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And they were um, they were doing some interesting cocktails. I mean, it wasn't shit. It was like you know peach mojitos and stuff, or um, you know, it just had a cool thing going on about them. Right. Um, oh, it, it's got to be you saying it's more progressive, but it's still there's no way it could have been as fully formed as it was. No, in Dallas, no, right? no, 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 no. But that's no, actually I mean, kind of what makes it good, right? Those bands are playing garages that no one gives a shit about yet. That was exactly what it was, and and I just happened to I just happened to fall into some dudes that were that were doing some interesting things and and fucking around with different spirits and different cocktails. Yeah, and just happened to fall into a group up there that was cool. Um, she graduated. She got her master's. We lived up there for what was she? I'm trying to build the contrast. So you're still in the hospitality. What was she studying? Um, she she was uh she was studying like a computer a computer engineering sort okay, of deal. Like, yeah, like totally, totally different. different. And and frankly, um, you know, helping her out with it, like you don't live with somebody and don't help them out with her. Oh, you're sort exposed. Of deal. Yeah, but it's like very left brain, right brain. Absolutely. You know, and that's when I really kind of realized that this is that this uses the creative outlet, and that was really kind of the recognition for me as like, yo, this is this is a way to express yourself, and yeah. this is this is this is a way to, uh, you know, build creativity. Yeah, these are your lyrics. This is your the, album. These are your songs. So. And I and I liken, I liken a bar scene to a band mm-hmm. a lot. You know, everybody kind of plays their role. Nobody's better than anybody else, but. Right. Well, well, the drum—you got to admit, everybody's better drums, than the drummer. If you kick ass on drums, <laughs> then yeah, you carry my equipment and you run the well. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, drummer jokes—they see no bounds. No, you'll interview Mate later. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's good. So the Pittsburgh thing—you're moving for love, which right. we all do. And so then- and, and and luckily for me. Um, I was exposed to craft cocktails. Yeah, and that was you, did, my, you that, didn't let it rest. Like you still wanted to learn one, about it, like, oh, no matter it, what. No, the it was it was one of those one hundred percent things. We took a trip when I lived in Pittsburgh. We went to San Francisco, and um, and we went to some of the bars out in San Francisco. Uh, we went to Rick House, mm. which was my first experience with real craft cocktails. And I was I've been a bartender for a long time at this yeah. point. And You're still in your 20s? Yeah, point? yeah. Oh, very much so. We were still living in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, and uh, you know, we just took a took a vacation out to San Francisco. And I looked at the, oh, we just stumbled in. We're in the financial district. Rick House had just opened. Nobody was in there when we got there. We went in at happy hour, like six o'clock. We're like, yo, we're walking around San Francisco. Yo, let's grab a drink. Yeah. And just happened to pop into this place. One of the best places. <laughs> we, we, how would you like, know? You know, it was epic, like right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. How would you know? So like literally like, uh, you know, just fate would have it. Open the door of Rick House and pop in there. And are we good? And sure enough, um, I look at the menu 
and I don't recognize half of the things that are on the menu. Just like core ingredients. But I'm a I'm a bartender and yeah. I'm a foodie at this point. I'm looking at this menu going, what the fuck are these guys doing? And so we sat there. We stayed the entire night. I think we got there for happy hour. I don't think we left till two. And I think we did the entire menu between oh, shit, the two that's of us. Incredible. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I was. I couldn't get enough. Yeah. I was like, oh, learning, another, learning, drinking another. Yeah. And so I went home. I went back to the hotel that night, wasted, and I went on Amazon and ordered every cocktail book that I could find on Amazon wow. and had it shipped to the house. And yeah, so when I got home, you know, there's like boxes and boxes. That already beat me back to the house, and that's so when I, a, that's when I really got my start. That's when I was like a new chapter, like, Dale Groff and this yeah. and that, and that's when I really, really started getting interested in. It. And I was like, I can't believe these guys are doing what they're doing. I was doing what I thought they were doing, but I just didn't know how much I didn't know. Right, and it was a really humbling experience for me. And it was like, this is this is what I will do for my life. It's amazing because there's was, no awesome. there's no ceiling. There's so much to learn. There's so many different regions you can dive into ingredients. I didn't know that people wrote books about doing what I do. Yeah, not a lot of books, which is good. At that point, there weren't a lot. Yeah, but that's the one thing that's kind of great about cocktail culture is still because it's up on the rise and people haven't completely commoditized it yet from a book perspective. I think they have. I think 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 now they have, but I, I mean... I mean, all you all all the old school guys are gonna are gonna reminisce about the golden era, of right. course. And I I'm really excited about the next person to come up with something that and write a book about something that nobody ever thought of because that's the that's the best thing about what we do yeah. is you have the opportunity if you're creative enough to just be the next guy that's like, oh fuck, why didn't I think of that? You There's know so many. I mean? the, it, this is, there are no final frontiers yet. We have just begin to put flags in the moon you know what i mean it's, you, talk, so, you talk spirit making yeah to uh to the branding aspect of it and the marketing aspect of it to the fact that it gets into a bartender's hands to the fact that it gets to a guest there are so many different levels of manipulation which is the beauty of it yeah. you know and it's all about it's all about how you want to present your product absolutely so you get back to P- Pittsburgh. Obviously, all these books hopefully have arrived <laughs> within amazing. a couple of days. Yeah, I didn't talk to my girlfriend. I was probably why we broke up. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Oh, you're studying for a master's degree now." Yeah, yeah. Like, now, 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 now I'm studying for a master's <laughs> degree. You got to yeah. support me now. I was <laughs> yeah, just no, fun. yeah. We sat through all this computer science shit. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so how long were you still in Pittsburgh? And kind uh, of not long after that. Okay, so after that, we moved down. We moved back to Dallas. We moved home to Dallas. She probably finished. So you. She's from Dallas, so we moved up there. She finished. She got her master's. We moved back to Dallas, and um, a homie of mine that I had known for a long time kind of grew up with, um, he's opening up a place called Bolsa, Bolsa, okay, which is in Oak Cliff, um, and he had told me before I left, he's like, dude, I'm going to open up a wine bar in Oak Cliff, and I'm like, dude, you're fucking crazy. Oak Cliff is the hood. Like Dallas Just didn't had, think it was there. Dallas it wasn't ready had for this it? perception at this point that Oak Cliff was like, nasty and hood and not safe and this and that and he's like i'm gonna open up a wine bar and i'm like you're opening up a wine bar in the hood what are you talking like what are you just what, 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 all right what are you, what, fine yeah, bro what are, yeah what yeah what kind of what kind of wine are you gonna serve i mean you know what i mean no but uh but legitimately and 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 it was fun because i think that that was the start of the farm to table movement way back in the day so they had a big food that it was very, it was too? very well. It was farm to table because we didn't have any choice. We couldn't afford a walk-in, uh, and so we had to have the farmers come in and drop the shit off every day. 
And so See, we rewrote out of necessity. Out again. of necessity. Yeah. So like literally Chef wrote the menu every day out of what out of what he could get right. that morning. And we took that into the cocktail culture and we ran with that and went cocktail with that and said, Okay, if the kitchen is gonna do it, then we're gonna do it too. Yeah, why not? Right? I've always been into seasonal. I mean, like who doesn't like what's ripe outside sure. right now capturing it's capturing everything you're just that capturing is right a now. moment yeah. you know what i mean sure. and uh, i mean for me a lot of people that come up to me and ask me like what should i drink i look out the window i'm like what do i want to drink right now what is good you know what would i be drinking if i were in your shoes right you know i mean like okay so for example we're looking out the window right now it's a windy day it's Beautiful. sunny spring yeah. 75 degrees outside Perfect. we're drinking what are we drinking yeah <laughs> champagne we're drinking champagne yeah yeah exactly so <clears throat> well and that is also because we're both wearing really smart looking glasses <laughs> that has that has some bearing on it it has to do you want to trade no because i can't see shit and you know it's funny and i don't know if you have the same problem but when my glasses are off and i can't see and i'm only to rely on my ears i can't i can't hear anything for some reason, mm. I can't focus when I can't see. Really? Yeah. If I was blind, it'd be fine because then I would have never relied <laughs> on, on my you vision. you only have one focus. That's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd look at you and be like, I couldn't guide the conversation because I couldn't see you. It's so strange. Well, you would see me in your glasses, which would make well, it even maybe, weirder. but I'm so blind. But you, sort of. Maybe. <laughs> I, I think we're kind of doing that right now as it is. <laughs> Something like that. So what year are we talking for Bolsa? So Bolsa, man, I think we were like, oh man, I want to go like seven, eight years ago, something okay. like that. And and really, Bolsa, like, I fell into the culture of Bolsa, and that's when that's when I really found out that this is what I want to do. That's when I really found out that this is what, this is my calling, and this is my move, and um, I, got a fun, I got a funny little story for you. So, when I was at Bolsa, nobody in town had a cocktail list. Really? No, 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 like, yeah, this is, I mean, we're talking, like, before anybody knew what a craft cocktail was, when we when we opened Bolsa, mm -hmm. we were doing blackberry and blueberry mojitos, and that was mixology at that point. Really? Yeah. Just muddling and yeah. Just, yeah. But I met this cat. I heard about this cat. Okay. And uh, is he a legend? Yeah. He. I heard he was doing some <laughs> shit, dude. I heard he was like fucking around and like doing some cocktails and stuff. And and I was like, like, because I'd read all these books yeah, and I'd been yeah, to San yeah. Francisco and nobody so you, was. You doing, have like a bigger glimpse into the overall global. Oh, culture. I was in. Oh, but, I was, but I was, I was first, don't get it but yet, no, right? nobody had seen anything like I had seen. Yeah, so to speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> the shit. In yeah, 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 exactly. And and later, later to find out that I was actually right. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I just thought I was an asshole. <laughs> you predicted. But, no, but, I, but I heard about this cat. I heard about this cat that was making cocktails, and I asked. Uh, I heard through a friend of a friend, and I heard that he would like that he would close down the bar, and that he would let bartenders in and make drinks for bartenders. And uh, his name was Eddie Lucky Campbell. And, really? And so I heard about this dude. And so, uh, and so I went over there with one of the guys and he locked the doors. And, uh, and uh, this place doesn't exist anymore, but he was, he was the head barman at this place. And, and so he what, was, what was it called? Uh, I can't, I can't remember exactly oh, okay, okay. what it is. I and thought I, you were hiding I, it I, to well, save and the And, I, and, I, don't, and I don't really want to say just for, for <laughs> because we did, we did very negative things in this place. So I don't, I don't, exa I don't, I don't exactly want to call it out, yeah. <laughs> but um, if you were there, you know, yeah. Yeah. If you were there, Jimmy Meadows, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we rolled, so we'd roll in, he locked the doors at midnight and we'd smoke cigarettes and joints and he would blow my mind with uh, classic cocktails 
And like he threw an egg white in a drink one time, and I was like, "What egg white? What are you? A farmer? Who are you? you? What are you? A farmer?" (laughs) And I'm going through this whole like farm to table process right now as I'm learning these classic drinks from this dude. Yeah, and he's literally putting on a clinic every single night. Wow. And so we're going to see him like two or three nights a week, and he's like, you know, he's reading all the same books that I'm reading, and we're just getting into it, and we're chopping it up, and he's showing me like all these classic cocktails and stuff like that. And I was like, bro, you got to come work with me. I was like, dude, we're, we're doing this and we need you. But I mean, so and like I need, what he was doing, was it, was it, uh, was he it was progressive the first guy, enough? No, or no, just, no. It, at that time it was, it was the classics, but proper. But, the, but so that, so in other words, he was acting out cause he wasn't able to stretch. He was, his doing, he was doing egg white sours proper. He was doing fresh squeezed juice. Yeah. He was doing, um, you know, like, like, like bijous and shit. Like, I mean, he yeah, was yeah. doing the shit back then. He was like, I'd never had Campari. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he's like making me Negronis and shit at like at four o'clock in the morning at this place. That's the Wyman. right time to drink. Yeah, them. and nobody in Dallas has ever had any of these fucking cocktails. Really? And but yeah, but I had just like you're the dumb, best guitar player just, I've ever seen. I just dumbassed into this fucking place in San Francisco and just yeah. been embarrassed because I was a bartender that didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then I happened to run into this dude that's doing it down here, and I'm like, okay, you're coming with me. So we brought him over to Bolsa. We come over there. And he was totally and, amenable to it. He's like, "Let's go. Let's." Well, do it. no, the the place. <laughs> oddly enough, the place that he was working at shut down. Oh, so it I was out of necessity. I'm not going to say that it had anything to do with those yeah. late night cocktail sessions and all the booze that we made after hours <laughs> that never hit the computer. But <laughs> timing is right, and everything but, lines no, but up. Every, but everything is perfect. Everything lines up. So we're doing farm to table in the kitchen. We got Graham Dodds in the kitchen. He's he's fucking he's doing this farm to table thing. Out of necessity because we don't have a walk-in. Right. And so whatever the farmers bring us. And so the farmers start bringing us shit, too. There's like, here's dandelion petals. Uh, here's what's going on. We got peaches right now. We got oh. this right now. And so we get really into the farm-to-table cocktail movement. And that's really when I, when, I, when I started becoming really passionate about it. We wrote the first cocktail list at Bolsa. And I, I, I don't think that anybody had a, like a real deal cocktail list up until that point. Like, so would you like, say that you kind of like... I mean, I'm, I, no, I, I'm I not, not asking I will you not to say, take any question. I will question, not say that. I but say would that. you say that you were a founding father of the movement? Uh, I will say that Michael Martinson was also doing that at the mansion, at but the he wasn't. Time. He wasn't on my radar at that point. Yeah. So we we I mean, I, I was I was fucking around with it, but until I met Mike, I wasn't really. I I didn't get it like I got it after I met yeah. him. So how long were you then at Bolsa? Because Eddie so came also, over because yeah. his spot closed. Eddie, Eddie came over. Jay, Cos- are- Jay Cosmos actually took over after after Eddie. Oh no shit! Yeah, so I mean, like our program really took off, and like it, it was it, it it spawned a lot of really killer bartenders. Yeah, but um, but my time there ended, and I was looking for something, and I heard about this dude Mike, and um, and I went and talked to him, and that was that was he was about two or three months from opening Cedar Social. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is is this a few few years later after Bolsa? Or? No, no, no. This is directly after. Yeah, but I mean, uh, sorry, uh, were you at Bolsa for a couple of years? Or was oh it, yeah, 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 pro- yeah, probably two or three. So years. things have a lot of time to kind of form. Two or later. three years. Yeah. Actually, Mike was working for Diageo at the time. He okay. were, he uh, he was repping uh, Ron Zacapa. Mm. This is actually kind of a good story. He came in and uh, and he did a cocktail competition for us for Ron Zacapa, mm-hmm. and uh, I was it was my first cocktail competition. I was so excited. Were you nervous at all? 
incredibly. <laughs> I still get nervous. I still get super you're, nervous. I can see you're getting nervous just thinking I'm, about I'm it. I'm getting actually. nervous just talking about it. <laughs> if anybody knows me, like I'm terrible at cocktail conversations. It's funny because you you know you exude this kind of confidence and stuff, but there's that one thing that gets stage fright. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell I'm getting red already. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Um, so he so, does this Zacapa thing. Mike. So so Mike hosts a Zacapa competition at Bolsa, and uh, and I'm like, this is my first one. I'm all excited about it. I'm at Fiesta, which is right down the street. And I'm getting kiwis because I'm going to do a kiwi drink with this uh, with this Ron Zacapa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might as well. Well, it sounds horrible now <laughs> that I'm thinking about it, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> and so um, so I'm doing that, and um, and. There's like there's like seven or eight of us. Nobody nobody went to cocktail competitions. Nobody gave a shit back then. Yeah. And uh, still so the early the bronze and, age. And my and Mike does this cocktail competition. Like he starts it off. He's hosting it right, and he does this drink. He does a mai tai, and he does it with a re, uh, with a soy sauce reduction rim. And I had never seen wow. anything like that in my life. I tasted it, and it was one of the best things that I had ever tasted in my life. And it was like this dude. Right here. Where is he at mentally? He's like, where? Where is he coming from? Exactly, yeah. and that's what I love about cocktails. I like that. Where the fuck is he at mentally coming yeah. from? But it works, and so that really, that really flipped a switch in my head. And that's where I, that's my approach for every cocktail is that mai tai that he did, and that was the first time that I'd ever met Mike. And so when I heard he was opening up a bar, I was knocking on his door. I this was, was like, Cedar Social. Yeah, this was Cedar Social. Yeah. And so, the, uh, kind of the first of what I understand was a, a <clears throat> portfolio of bars that were to come. One hundred percent, and yeah, that was that was uh, that was that was the first major cocktail bar in in Dallas, Texas. And he and and Mike had had so much experience abroad, <clears throat> New York, San Francisco. He had worked for Diageo, traveled so much, and he knew all the big names and everybody like that. Yeah. Like we had a tribute list, we had like a whole page on our cocktail list. It was all tributes to people all the way around the country. We're making. Eric Castro cocktails. Yeah, wow. We're making Willie Shine cocktails. We're making cocktails from all over the from all over the country. Yeah. Just trying to expose Dallas to cocktails. And, you know, it, it and it was incredible for me because, you know, a sap like me, I just ate that shit up so much. Well, I just, it's, I just it's jumped new, into right? culture. Totally so bold, totally new. Head over heels. Yeah. And so Cedar Social for me, I mean, that was that was graduate school. What year are we talking Cedar Social? Uh God, dude, I'm not good with years. We're talking no, about cool. five, six years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Nine, ten, two thousand eleven. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like even that. in Austin, it in resonated. There. We, you know, we knew, we all knew about. It. Right, and and uh, I mean, God, God bless you for saying that. I mean, I did. I didn't know that it was like that. I did, I didn't realize what we were doing when we were doing. What we were yeah, doing. it was having a lot of impact. And I, of course, being in Austin, I don't know what is in Austin has impact outside. You know, I mean, I could take some well, guesses. You see, but, you see it so close that yeah, you can't, like, you you can't, can't see the forest for the trees. Precisely. Right. Yeah, and it's good to know you have that kind of. It's it's like a breath of fresh air to say, well, we thought we were doing a good job. Fuck, man, we were doing a good job. It's really, really good. Right. So I imagine a lot of great personalities came out of that starting crew at Cedar. Oh uh, man, I tell you what, I met I met my family there. Yeah, like uh, like bring deal. It brought you. It's like the, the uh, like every everybody that I hold dear. Like like we all we all came up out of that system. Yeah, everybody that I think is really killer, like really top echelon bartenders, kind of came out of that system. And That's how and, it goes. and I and, we, and honestly, we like we we owe it all to Mike to get that. To get that ball rolling, yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, we we took the ball and ran with it, no question. But it's, someone's got to bring. It's, it takes a coach, right? It takes Phil Jackson. He, he was the, he was the first guy to really break down to me. Uh, I remember one night we were like, he was like, he was teaching me how to make eight classics, mm -hmm. and he was like, okay, so off of these eight, 
this is how this is how you actually make almost all your cocktails. So he basically gave me the template yeah. to making cocktails. Him and another guy, Craig Reeves, was okay. another was another big impression on me. He was the GM. He was from uh, he's from LA. Mm-hmm. He worked uh, he worked at uh, should I forget the name of the place out there? He was he was doing LA cocktails out there, and uh, so he was the GM of the restaurant. And between the two of them, man, I tell you what, I was just like. It was it was all day all night cocktails. Yeah, that's all we did. And I was just I was so interested. So in it. it it changed you. It has to. Man. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was graduate school, man. It was graduate like, school. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's where I got my master's. That's where I learned how to do this shit. That's where you got your market value now. Uh, no, I'm, I'm I, I I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, I it's quite possible, you know, to make it akin <laughs> to a, a graduate degree, yeah. like studying at the finest university, <laughs> that Dallas. No, but it, I mean, it was like Cordon Bleu, though. Yeah, I mean, and and not necessarily just because of them, but because of the culture that they created. Mm-hmm. We all took it to that level, and my like, I'm working with Mike Steele. I'm working with Trina. I'm working with a guy named Sonny that's out from that's out in L.A. Back mm-hmm. in L.A. Now, I'm working with. Uh, Dano, Omar's there, Jay's there every night. Nobody else is doing fucking cocktails, so like the only place in town is Cedar Social, and that's the only place to come. Man, like everybody that that knows, you know, that knows Dick about cocktails yeah. came through Cedar Social either as an employee or as a customer. You know, yeah. coming through and hanging out, and so uh, that's very much a legacy for me. It, it totally is, and it, it's it's weird because I, I try to think about this from a historical perspective. So, not that I am, but if I were to write a book, right? Let's say let's let's map the Texas cocktail history. Yeah. Okay? And Cedar Social is the Rome, or rather the Athens. It's what it was the zeitgeist of the cocktail movement in Dallas that kind of pushed it forward. It was all obviously it was percolating, you know, it was kind of satellite places, but it felt like that was the place that everybody got together pulled the intelligence, pulled the innovation under Mike, right? And then that's where it just blew up. That that was the place. I mean, and, and that's my interpretation as an outsider, but it feels uh, I, like... No, I, I couldn't agree 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, a, like a club in New York. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, a, like, a, like a punk club in New York. Right. Like, it's, like it's the CBGB up. of Dallas, It's the CBGB. Man. That's yeah, exactly what I was trying sure. to think of. And, and, and I felt like that's kind of how it was. And what that spawned... Uh, I mean, and and more than that, the friendships and the relationships that. that oh yeah. Made, like I'm looking, I'm looking back on it now, and I'm and I'm thinking like, you know, my crew is still those same people and still those same relationships that I made back then. Um, so I mean, it's turned into so much more than yeah. that. But at the time, we were just like, dude, we're the only ones fucking doing You're just it. Just doing it. So I mean, like we were like, we got tired of making dirty martinis, so we we're like, fuck it, quit ordering olives and olive juice. And, and and Dallas was like that at that time. Yeah. It was like everybody came in, they wanted a dirty martini. We were like, fuck you, like we don't carry olive juice. You gotta order <laughs> a fucking about drink. This? You gotta order yeah. a fucking drink. Yeah. And I mean it's come it's come so far. It's incredible. Like everybody wants a craft cocktail program now. Everybody everybody is getting you know, everybody's getting bar bar management and like, you know, craft cocktail positions these days. Right. Um and and God bless it. Like I mean, we were we were we were part of creating a culture here, right? And and I and I will never say anything negative about it. I want to see it grow. I want I want I want good drinks everywhere. Absolutely, everybody does. So so there was and so I I'm not sure how principally you participated in this, but so the other thing that kind of really trickled down to Austin and talked to Josh about this is the the Smith stuff. And so were you, did you participate in that? I, did. I mean, I, I worked, I worked a couple of shifts when I, when, when Smith was really in its heyday, I had, uh, I had, I had moved to Telluride, Colorado. Oh, really? 
one of my homies, I, I met this dude and we just kind of hit it off. And he's like, yo, dude, I got a bar out in Telluride. I want you to come out and bartend. You know, pipe dream sort of thing. But sure. we kept talking and like. He kept bugging. He kept more and more. Yeah. We talked about it. This was about two or three years into Cedar Social. I'm not going to say that I was bored, but I'd been doing the thing for a little right. while. And I felt that I had a skill set to share. You know sure. what I mean? Like, I felt that I had something that. Keep moving forward. Keep right. doing new Exa- things. Yeah, course, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I moved out to Telluride. I moved in with this cat that had a bar out there. And it's and it's pretty seasonal work up there. Yeah, because it, it was really all, snowy yeah. and then people right. And I'm 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 a snowboarder. Like yeah. I'm into oh, that. Cool. And so yeah. So like in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like. Wait, here's a real quick question though. How the hell do you become a snowboarder? Being a Texan? Like, <laughs> good question. Good question. Um, no, it's it's it just kind of what it's kind of like. I I grew up skiing. Got it. And um, what's the closest? freaking mountain to we Oklahoma. when i was when i was growing <laughs> it doesn't i mean seriously when i was growing up um we had uh aunt and uncle used to always do denver uh so okay. used to always go skiing once a year yeah and they had four kids and oh, cool uh, Family my, trip it's my thing? it's my aunt yeah so my mom would come along or just send me and my brother and and so we would go skiing and that was kinda of like Christmas vacation Makes or whatever. Sense. Yeah. Okay. So we go skiing so you get, skiing at Christmas. Used to it. Yeah, so I always had a I always had a thing for the winter sports. Yeah, it's killer. If you will. So it harkens you back. Oh, these 100%. days you're like, I yeah. gotta go to tell you. Yeah, by the way, snowboarding is nothing like skiing. I know, I'm a skier, not a snowboarder. Yeah, so. you th- yeah, you think that, that shit's easy. It is Oh, I do not think it's easy. No, no. no take a lesson. <laughs> not for one fucking moment. Do I think it's I don't think either neither of them are easy. Neither are easy. No. You're on in this really viscous substance that just projects you forward because it's like ice. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. about that sounds and easy. Also to me. at a fucking <laughs> Thank the, you. At a ninety degree at a, angle. Yes. Going it, downward. It, it feels like a ninety degree right. angle. <laughs> and all you have is gravity to stop you that's also <laughs> working against you. It's not going to stop you. It's going to keep you going, actually. <laughs> so true. So how was the experience then in Colorado? So, I mean, so Telluride was amazing. Um, and, and like I said, not to, not that I was getting bored, but I was getting, I, w- I was catching my groove here. Yeah. Well, you're a and, renaissance man. You can't sit in the same place. So I, I can't. I really can't. And and so that was, that was kind of, I mean, I'd just gotten back from Pittsburgh. I'd done two or three years here in Dallas. I, I love Dallas with the deepest of my heart. Yeah. Uh, I get bored in Dallas. And so it 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 does my soul well to leave for a little while, sure. and that was kind of part perspective, and, right? Fresh I, I totally gain perspective. Um, I mean, you don't realize that until after the fact, but uh, you know, at the time, you're just like, "Fuck Dallas, I'm bored." Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to balance. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that's kind of where I was at. And um, and it was the coolest thing. Mike was super cool about it. I was like, "Yo, dude, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go run this bar out and tell you right." He was like, "Fuck yeah." Go do yeah, that. Go not? do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Yeah, I'll get. Yeah. Was I'll, it a cocktail bar as well? Uh, it was a cocktail bar. Um, still around. So it is. Is it is still around? It's called There. Okay. And Telluride. Telluride's about. Um, I don't know. Fifteen hundred people off season and about uh thirteen fourteen thousand people God, on season. So I mean, to talk about a tourist place. Yeah. Uh, it's one hundred percent, and it's really interesting because when I, when I was out there. Um, it was you know it was it, you you meet a lot of Texas people in Colorado. Oh sure, and they don't particularly like Texas people, by the way. <laughs> so for me, I they, don't particularly it, like Texas people. I don't particularly like Colorado people. So <laughs> so there's we're that. at we're at we're at, we're opposed right now. We're, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, no. I I I fell in love with Colorado people. They just live they live really hard. They go hard at it. Uh, they're so healthy too. It really bothers me. Yeah, I really. They're yeah, healthy I like and to, they I go like hard. Smoke, I like and I'm to like, smoke cigarettes and drink champagne in the morning, and they're not into that. They uh, like to go hiking and shit, but. God. All they, they, liked my, they, they liked my cocktails. That's and that, good. And that That's all that nice. matters, right? Um, 
But when I was out there is when we got our James Beard nomination at Cedar Social. Oh, man. I wasn't there for that. And, uh, and that was a pretty big moment. That was when I actually kind of felt like, yo, I might be good at this. Because it had always been fun and games before that. It had always sure. been like, I'm just passionate about it. I'm just doing this. I'm just, I'm just into it because I'm into it. And, um, you know, and I like getting laid and I like staying up late. Right. Like, You're a rock you know, star. Like, it was, it was, it it was very rock star status. You yeah. know what I mean? And then, and then that one hit and it was kind of like, oh shit, I might actually be kind of good at this. Like we're no, recognized no, by people that know. Yeah, exactly. And it was amazing because, because Cedar Social got, got the, the James Beard nomination and I was out in Colorado and there was, you know, there was a couple of us kind of spread around a little bit. And that night was pretty amazing because we were all like, we got the news and we were all like taking pictures of uh, the glasses of champagne yeah. that we were drinking at the time. And I had, and I had one homie, his name is Hunter Orahood, uh, out in, out in Telluride. And I was like, this is the, this is the one dude that would actually really appreciate it. He was the one dude that aside from the bar that I worked at that actually appreciated cocktails and mm. he worked way up at the top of the hill. So I had to take this gondola all the way up to his restaurant, up oh, amazing. Like, like halfway up the ski resort. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and go into his bar, and I was I was like kind of nervous about it. I would, I'd only known him for a couple of days, but he we we kind of like made a uh, we had we had made homies or whatever. And I was like, "Yo, dude, I gotta tell you something." He's like, "What?" I was like, "Dude, I just got a James Beard nomination like a That's few insane. hours ago." Yeah, and he what was do you like, say? He goes. I've got this bottle of VEP chartreuse in the oh, back. Let's yes. go get it. Let's yes. celebrate. Chartreuse all night. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. And we were looking down. It's like one of those restaurants with a view. Yeah. And so we're looking down all over the town of Telluride. It's December. It's snowy as fuck outside. We're and we're drinking VEP chartreuse. Yeah. yeah. We had a pretty good bonding moment that time. It was Another like, aha moment. Yeah. It was pretty good. Was so pretty so good. this is good. This is a perfect time to sit back and reflect for a second you've done good work at cedar social you learned you kept learning you moved to colorado to learn even more get the james beard nomination for the crew at cedar so we're gonna talk about madrina here in a second but which i think was a great conversation we had before this apparently you posted and this is a shout out to william scanlon the third i'd like to make one two and three of will but he is the guy importing ray compiero yes mezcal yes got some amazing he actually, he actually re re uh, re Instagram my Instagram. Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah I beautiful know. picture. You've got the Havali. You've got yes. man. Uh, they've got the Madriquish. That's another one, right? Yes. They have the Espadine. Yes. They've got a couple other skews or Polcaro coming out. But the one that you didn't have, coincidentally, going back to baseball cards, talking about these collector types of sensibilities that your father, you, and I have, making sure that the set is complete. Is of, I, you son of a bitch. I didn't you even know, dude. I, I had no you, idea. You brought the one that I didn't and have. And I brought the, I brought the one <laughs> that, that, that I've have. never had. It, it's insane. And for all I know right now, it's only New York, California. Perhaps they'll expand. But is the Ray Compiero Tepestate, which is two times in copper, if I'm correct. Now, someone's going to have to probably correct me. Joshy, well, can, can we get a... Yeah, uh, let's take a look at the... Hey, can you look at that bottle? bottle is, that, is that twice as still in copper? I'm pretty sure it's copper. Copper. Yeah. I don't Beautiful. think I don't think it's in Barra. It's a copper, right? It's copper. Yeah. Cool. And what's the bottle proof on that one, Josh? Perfect. Are we are we gonna try this together for the first yeah, time? Yeah, absolutely. So forty eight. I won't uh no comment. <laughs> so 
Yeah, please, Josh. Go so ahead. you know, so you know that like my passion right now is mezcal, right? Well, that's what I suspected. Yeah, and I always ask, man, <laughs> bourbon mezcal. When I'm coming in town, I want to bring a bottle, give you guys the same oh, experience wow. as if, you know, that's what we want. We're at my place, and yeah, it's crazy. And, and I'll tell you what, it was real so, tight out I mean, of the so bottle, te- man. Tepesate, like it, tra- traditionally. At least, at least from what I've tasted, and I haven't had that many. I've only had probably a handful, but they seem to be typically very minerally, and yep. you get you get a lot of you get a lot of terroir from a tepesate. So here, let me offer an explanation as to why. Not that you don't know, because no, I know no, we're please, all in no, this room. Though, we got Josh, though, yeah. Jules, and myself. I forget, I forget that we're doing this for our listeners because yeah, no, but it's okay because it's important. So tepesate, as far as I understand, of all the varietals, is the oldest. So you're talking 18 to 26 years. And I've seen some that have gone 20, 26 years. But let's put that into perspective. I'm going to paraphrase Francisco Terrazas from Vaga, right? Good, wonderful gentleman. I love... Why don't, why don't we talk about where Let's we go. were 26 years ago? I can't this, count that high. When this, when this was birth. <laughs> I was 10 I years mean, old. Dude, like, I was like, I was like barely oh, getting God. into high school at this point. These plants, yeah. They, right. And I was listening maybe... I couldn't drive a car. When this agave was planted. I, it, yes. How about that, buddy? That's crazy, right? Isn't Early it? 90s. Uh, Not to take you off topic. No, but. sure, sure. Like, in utero was just coming out. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kurt in Cobain utero, was still alive. That's right. How about Cobain that? was still alive when yeah. this plant was growing. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, and this is the most beautiful and poetic to it, way to more appreciate mezcal. Not from a flavor perspective, but from a... To slam con- Antonio contextual. It, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is 2014 harvest. 2014, 2014 you drink whiskey, you drink vodka, you drink gin, and a single kernel gives its life to give you the greatness of that flavor as it's, you know, as it's washed and it's fermented and all that. This plant grew this long to be harvested to make this bottle. If that's not poetic, in a single particular, like, your intent and your objective and your purpose in life, then I don't know what it is. So, Tepestate, 48 to Ray Campiero, two times copper, very brilliant. I'm gonna sip it yet again. Cheers, my man. I'll Cheers. tell you what. I, like, I, I just get so much. Oh, cheers, cheers, brother. Not a lot. They're small. They're small agaves. I mean, like the te- the, the They don't. Nah, get these big. are they, they're me- medium size. Like a habilis are pretty small, but the tepestate is. Uh, I would say espadine and larger size, depending. Right, but, but it's tw- not a but big 25 deal. years to get there. Right. Oh man, that's a great question, Josh. Like, dude, it very, it varies so much because that ferment probably doesn't top six, six percent alcohol. Sure. So yeah, so if you're talking, you get six percent back of a hundred gallon, six liters of distillate. I mean, it's not a lot for a yeah, hundred liters. Small it's very yeah. small, but it's so minerally and just it's killer. awesome. The mouthfeel on it is just incredible. Oh yeah, dude. Man, I love what Mezcal is doing right now. I'm just so into it. Like I, I, I love tequila. I love agave in general. Yeah. But there's just so many variables that go into Mezcal that really just have been poking at my brain lately. I yeah. mean, you have you have all these different pechugas that are so interesting. Yeah. You know, you have meat. Nanche. Yeah, you do the yeah, yeah. They do the nanche is cool. Like I mean, you've got Robin like that, chicken, dude, the duck, Oaxaca, even. the Oaxaca stuff. The botanico is cool. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. one that they're doing with all the fruit, like mm-hmm. they do, like a vegan pachuga, yeah, nacho, which yeah. is fucking cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, there's just so much cool stuff, and then all the different, all the different agaves, and then you know, you take into effect all the different villages, and you have the different mescaleras that make it differently. It's just so, it's so vast to me. It's like, it's like. 
it's like French wine, but I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love the high proof. It, that's one of those things that's really, really brilliant. You know, and, and I had a feel very lucky doing the show. I feel very lucky being in the industry in general, but people will share some things. And so having Ordinario of the Mezcals, when I was in Oaxaca, and this is not the boast, it was just, we all go to Oaxaca, so it's no big deal now, but I got to try the, an Ordinario distillate from a Espadín run at Vago. And? and you taste it, and you're like, holy shit, I can see this being the unproduced garage version of the pumpkins or Nirvana, right? And it's not yet totally come into fruition until you take that just little bit of nuance that the mescalero does in that second distillation, and then everything changes. And so it's beautiful to see things and taste things at a more rugged and a more rudimentary level. We were like, I'm going to go back to what we were talking about um, yeah. last night. They were talking about koji. Oh, co- yeah, yeah, being being the yeast for for sake, sure, and how uh, how guarded a secret that is. Oh, right. Whereas with, I mean, ninety percent of mezcal, I say, is wild yeast. So it's just yeah. fermented there's from no what, from what is out. There's no secret, but it's so it's, you just got to be there. That's exactly right. How so cool it's like, is okay, that? cool. Yeah. So no secrets. You go do it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Stand there yeah. with the, your dick in your hand trying to make it work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, seriously, it's so befuddling and it's so difficult. You know, briefly, we made this sotol and it, like that whole process. And to, to understand, do you do it with the, the fibers? Do you do it without it's, the fibers? It's, well, it's nature it's, and nurture. That's exactly right. It takes both. And it takes who you are, where you are, to make sure things work out in that right way. So this agave love, I imagine, you have even a more tumultuous journey, probably up and down, lots of women. I just, I've, <laughs> I've, again, I've been watching Mad Men. I'm thinking Don Draper. You've got the nice glasses, nice shirt. But you end up it's working just because with I look Michael. like you. <laughs> yeah, right. Bullshit. But you end up working with Michael again. Yeah. So, Madrina, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I pretty much I I like to keep my finger on um, on the pulse of what Mike's got going on, and yeah. so like I I don't I don't like it if he does a project without me. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel you that way. Selfish, and I, selfish. And, no, and I feel that way for most people. Yeah. Like I, you know, I was with Brian McCullough whenever you open standard pour. Yeah. I don't like it when somebody does something cool without me. <laughs> You know, I feel like I need to like get in Be on that. Be there, you know yeah, I mean? get in the yeah, ground floor. That's, uh, and it's kind of how I like don't don't do something cool without me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I need to be in on that, and not as a as a uh, a spectator. Yeah, like I need to, I need to be I need team, to be participating. Yeah. I need to be in on that. You're doing something cool. I want in on that. Right. And put me in the game, coach. Yeah, put me in the game, coach, because you know I get, I still got an arm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're, you're still in your thirties. You still got some yeah, career yeah, left. Yeah. I'm still Tony Romo. I still like Sazerac. <laughs> Anyway, so when uh, did you guys open over there? No, so we opened up, uh, gosh, about about six months ago, something like that. And Mike had Mike had been talking about doing agave bar uh, for a long time. We were talking about agave and tacos back behind Sierra Social, like, mm-hmm. like way back in the day, doing a mezcal taco bar. Um, so I mean, it's always kind of been on the mind. Uh, he came up with this thing. He wanted to do a French and Mexican kind of uh, marriage. I, I I hate to use the word fusion because that's really hybrid? not what is it is. What? It's a hybrid. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a hybrid. And um, he he was wanting to do that for a long time. Um, he got a, he got a chef involved, and he got he got some funding behind. It and the project started rolling, and and we started looking at this thing. And he's like, "Dude, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do agave, and I'm gonna do brandy." Hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, "Dude, I'm gonna do French. I'm gonna do Mexican." Okay, that kind of makes sense, right? I realized how much sense it made, and you know, and I remember the first time. I came in. He was like, "Yo, dude, come in and check this place out." Yeah. They hadn't, they hadn't, they, they hadn't ordered, they hadn't ordered a bottle or anything. I gotcha. just came in and and um, 
and uh, the guy the guy that they had uh, come in and do and do the finish out on it was just absolutely fucking amazing. It was the same guy that we had from Seer Social. He did Proof and Pantry as well, mm-hmm. and then he did Madrina also. And he it's just such a absolutely gorgeous restaurant. Yeah. I was like, dude, of course I'm in. Of course. I'm not going to let you do this without me. You know what I mean? Like, well, well like, at the same time, you're like, no, I'm yeah. not going to let you do this without me. <laughs> no, I'm like, I want, I want at least one day. <laughs> I got, I got to at least be in on this. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't let anybody do anything without me. So, um, so, yeah. so it, it further like pushed you into the world of agave. Oh, 100%. Maybe, right? I mean, I, I was always, I was, I, I was in tequila. The, the funny thing is, is I kind of, I was talking to Josh about this the other night and it's and it's a funny thing is like I don't I don't follow Mike along. Mm-hmm. It's just funny how we end up at the same place from coming from different places. It's like when Harry met Sally, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> hey Mike, it's like when Harry met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the way you quiver your lip, Mike. I love the way that you can't make your mind up about a sandwich. <laughs> It's all the th- it's all the little <laughs> things that I love about you. <laughs> but he is married, so I don't think there's no future there. Right? <laughs> but so it's going good. Agave, you know, I I no, caught I, one I, of I it. Think, no, things are good. Like it, and and really, it's for me for me the most beautiful thing about bartending right now and what I love about it is that bar. I have my right hand to a hundred different agaves. Yeah. At any point in time, and. I've been lucky enough to be able to sample them all and taste them all and get to know them all and and really, you know, kind of kind of build the knowledge and the culture that way and and it's just it's my new it's my new hotness right now. That's what I'm yeah. really into. I love it, man. And so next time I got to go left hand and like start getting into some like uh, some of these Armagnacs <laughs> and cognacs and stuff like that. That is my, that is good. That's a left hand. It's it's the next challenge. It's yeah. the next nerd out. You know what I mean? Well, so when you think about it, because you're you're 34 now. Right? Mm-hmm. So things are going to keep speeding up. We're going to keep learning more, have more experiences. What are you saying? Traveling. No, don't worry. It's not derogatory yet. It's not derogatory <laughs> yet. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but you're... You already said we don't get better looking. Now you're, and now you're telling <laughs> me things are going to speed... Got, now, you now said we didn't get better are, looking. Things are going to start speeding up now. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, I meant that we do get better looking. But, but only in an inverse kind of weird... Keep drinking way. the mezcal. Yeah, I, I promise you I get better looking. <laughs> <laughs> so... Do you want to do the brand thing? Do you want to open a spot? I mean, Where do you it, go? No, it, I, I want both. I want both. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely want both. I want. Um, I want to do the brand thing. I want to fall. I want to fall in love with the brand. I want to find. I want to find something that's just absolutely perfect for me. But I also want my spot. Yeah. You know, I want to. I want. It, it, I don't mean this in a negative way. I don't necessarily want to follow. Um, you know, the first person that would come to mind would be Jay. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want to follow in his footsteps particularly. Right, right. But I want but I want both. I want I want a spot, I want a brand thing, and then, you know, I want to see where that kind of goes from there, where that takes me from there. Um, you know, I I feel like I'm really into education, man. Like I'm I I want I want to be out there in front of I see a lot of new bartenders and I want to be out there in front of them. Yeah. You know, I mean like w- my friends and the people and, and my crew and the people that I kind of come up with, we've all, we've all kind of moved onto another level where, where a lot of, a lot of the people that I know are not behind the bar, mm-hmm. which we all used to be like bar dogs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, like I never went to a bar that I didn't know a bartender there. And now it's not that way. Now I go to a USBG meeting and I know like a third of the people there and that's awesome. 
Yeah, because so, it's spread. It's socializing. It's growing. I want to. I want to get in front. I want to get in front of these guys. I want to get to know these guys. I want to be. I want to. I want to have an impact. I want to. I want to give back the way that Mike gave to me. Yeah. I want to give back to the next generation. Hopefully, twenty, thirty fold, if I can possibly get in front of that many sure. people, just to just to talk about whatever. I'll, you know, I'll talk about it. it. Doesn't make any. You know, like just the pitfalls of things, right. or you know, or how you need to take care of yourself, eat right. Do some exercise, you know what I mean? Like, like all the little things that 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 caught me, all the little cots that I got. Yeah, I want I want to offer advice to the next crew coming up and to the next to the next generation. Well, I will. Uh, I'll try to find you a campaign manager so you can run for city council here <laughs> in a couple years. Because already, like, where Josh and I, I think we're both looking at me like, man. <laughs> Jules, he's the next do, guy. Do he's you, the man of the people here in I Dallas. Ha, can I have your vote? <laughs> <laughs> you got it, man. You got our vote. So. But it's been brilliant chatting, you know, sharing the champagne, sharing the mezcal, hearing the story. You know, I love when we all come from music, whether we're playing it, whether we're listening to it, but it is a big inspiration. And honestly, food is what brought you to cocktails and music is what brought you to food. It all makes a lot of sense. It really does. And, you know, I mean, the bar team is like a band. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you have to you you really have to look at it like that. Like everybody's playing in sync, and everybody's everybody's doing exactly what their role is. And um, you know, I think I think it's a beautiful thing when you get when you get a bar team to work together like that. It, yeah, it, they play beautiful music. It's amazing, and it's it's great coming into Dallas. It's great, Josh Hendricks. Thanks so much for Thank loaning you, up your house and having just wonderful hospitality. And uh, I am forever grateful to be able to sit here and chat with people and i'm forever I'm sorry, grateful i'm sorry man. i was so chatty dude i feel like i just kind of went you realize this is an interview like the, <laughs> all the the only requirement is that one of us talks <laughs> That's it. hopefully it's less me people hear me they don't give a shit right so it's great it's brilliant hearing the story mate and uh we're gonna finish up this semester Thank thanks you, jules well, there we go. What do you guys think? It's nice to deep dive into the early years of the Dallas cocktail scene and see what's going on. You know, we've had Omar on the show, Josh Hendricks, now Jules. Jules is a great guy. I mean, just somebody you want to be around. Such a lovely energy, positivity that just resonates from him. So it was really good to get to know him. And obviously, we'd love talking about record stores. So Dallas, there is more uncovering yet to unfold and more interviews from show to v coming so thanks everybody for listening to show to v with mike g no matter what you're thinking about tony romo drinking did he do it did he not no matter what vinyl you plan on buying next please keep dancing